<laughs> because, man, there's been... I felt so, like, privileged on Sunday night to be, like... Because I've never been really a part of that kind of an intimate of a space in, like, a restaurant before where, like, I've been to, like, tasting menus and people have had ideas about what they want to do and stuff. But on Sunday, it felt like, right, just come over to the house. We're going to give we're gonna give this a quick go. And, like, I came over. We had a fucking blast. Everybody was, like, drinking the fucking Star Wars and the High Lifes and stuff. But then the food came out and it was fucking mind-blowing. Dude, it's 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 fun. I mean, I I love. Any is Jim is Jim gonna run security? Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like anybody will be able to get in. Then it'd be so tight. Food <laughs> just for me. Background checks, background and, stuff. checks yeah. and stuff. <laughs> just like the 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 rubber glove and bend over, please, sir. Yeah, it's in. <laughs> sir. There's a little bit of residue on this credit card. We can't allow you in. That's an illegal <laughs> substance. <laughs> oh, that sounds about right. Yep. How was your Burns supper? Yeah, it was good. Um, Speaking of supper, I I got a, you know obviously Aberlour big changes um, for, and recently, and I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but mm. uh, the guy that was previously my line manager, my boss Andy Weir, I've talked about him a lot on the podcast. He has now left Burn Ricard, mm-hmm. um, and he ended up uh, starting his own um, Burns Night. It's called Burns Distilled. And they had four different whiskies. They had Aaron, Judah, Bowmore, and the Robert Burns whiskey hmm. uh, take part. And man, it was it was even better than last year. They had Alan Cummings. Uh, he made an appearance. Lily Cairns did some uh, did some tunes. Spirited Tracy, who anyone that's in the influencer slash discus slash whiskey biz online will know Spirited Tracy. She was hosting with Andy, and it was. It's getting slowly more and more like a, almost like a, I don't know if you guys do those New Year's Eve shows, but like in the UK, we have something called Tonight or Live with Jules Holland on New Year's Eve, where like the BBC basically puts together this variety show on New Year's. Um, and that's what it feels like, but for Burns. So it was really cool. We, um, d- we just have Anderson Cooper. I feel like I should know who Anderson Cooper is. CNN. Oh, yeah. Gray hair. The, the 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 other big thing that I saw from last night was apparently this Barry Bonds was he like a really good baseball player or something? Everyone's Just, like he's okay. He should have been Hall of Fame or something. Something like that. Six MVPs or seven crazy seven. Yeah, and he's still not a Hall of Famer. Well, um, he really enjoyed Mexican supplements. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the credit card that yeah, Jim yeah. would let you in. <laughs> He was the poster man for steroids. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the writers are still have a grudge against him and I mean, all the players from that thought. era. Yeah. So like Sammy Sosa would never will never get in. Mark McGuire will never get in. Roger Clemens will never get in. A Rod too, right? He might. He'll be I think he's on the ballot. Was he on the ballot this year? There was something on. on I can't remember, but he maybe he has one more year until he's on the ballot. But um, but it's a very contentious um, conversation debate about if these guys from the steroid era of baseball, which always remember they saved baseball because baseball was a dying breed, and then the summer of '98, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa decided we're going to hit like 70 home runs each, and. Mark, then Barry Bonds saw that, like, well, I'm already like, the best player in baseball. If I took steroids, I'd be, like, definitely the best player in baseball. <laughs> if I was playing in a cartoon animation of Space Jam, but baseball, not basketball. Um, and, yeah, so he hit, like, I think he hit 72, 73 home runs in a season. Um, he, like, either he, – his on-base percentage was just unreal because he, people would either walk him intentionally or he hit a home run or, like, a double. And, and that, that's, like, what, 70-odd home runs. 
Yeah. That's like one every other game. Pretty much. Yeah. And this guy, this guy though. Especially when you're getting walked. But, yeah, yeah, all the time. But the, the purists the, hold Hank Aaron still has the all-time home run record because he was kind of like a skinny fat man that hit like 35 <laughs> home runs every year for God 20 years. Baseball. Yeah. And like, well, the Dominicans are all going crazy because Big Poppy. Uh, yeah, he got going, in. Yeah. So. You know, he was. And everyone was like, all my friends from the DR were like, yeah, like Big Poppy going and Barry Bonds didn't, yeah, like suck it. I'm like, welcome <laughs> to baseball chat with Key in the Lake. Um, no, so I don't really, I don't, I don't care about baseball anymore, to be honest with you. I live, literally, know nothing about I've it. lived 15 minutes away from Wrigley Field for nine years of my life, and I've probably gone to like seven games. And I grew up as a Cubs fan my entire life. Yeah. I'm still like every time I walk, every time I ride my bike, drive by, walk by Wrigley Field, I'm always like, "Wow, I live by Wrigley Field." You know, it's still very cool and charming to me. But at the same time, I just don't care about sitting in a game paying. It's an expensive bar to 12, go to, man. Twelve dollars yeah. for a natty. <laughs> it's an expensive bar to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a to... lot of people that I like there either. Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me a little bit of Beto. <laughs> 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 That's talking my rent there, buddy. <laughs> same thing there. No, so it's. It's always the hot debate when it comes up to the Hall of Fame if these players should get in that were a part of the steroid era and say steroid era when there's probably more steroids in sports than there ever have been. Like, oh, you kidding me? Of course. Yeah. Well, the ability the ability to get them out of your system now is they just turn they just don't yeah. test anymore. Yeah. So like every NFL player is on steroids. Every like LeBron James is on steroids. Of course. Dude. I mean the guys in Tom his Tom Brady <laughs> Tom Brady is probably on steroids that are just barely legal somehow. But yeah. you know like. What, what, how do you think LeBron James went away for like two weeks in the middle of the season, like six years ago, and his back came back fine? Cryogenics. Yeah. Cryogenics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the freezing yeah, gets yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah. So there's, all, there's always some reason for them to go to Germany. Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think, I mean, steroids in baseball and basketball, who gives a hell, fuck? Like, it's, it's not, a, not it's a non contact sport. You still have to be able to hit a baseball, even if you take steroids. You're just going to hit it farther and harder. Now, that, the only thing you say is that you could blow up a pitcher's head. Which rarely ever happens with a line drive back to the pitcher, but basketball—that's different types of steroids that are more endurance-based steroids um, than it is for being bulked up and being a 240-pound linebacker that can run a four-five forty. You know. And instead, you're LeBron yeah. James, two seventy-five. Yeah. If you, you had, can run like, a, like if you had, four six, it shouldn't be an MMA. Really? It shouldn't be an MMA because it could kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. no. But, but yeah, it's like. Cool. I mean, watch Pride fighting back in the day, man. Oh. Those guys were all on steroids. Oh dude. yeah, yeah. When, uh, Vanderlei Silva. Like his was, decline. From, wasn't it in their contract saying they don't test? Like it was in bold lettering it, in their contract it, 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 that they don't test. Fights? Yeah. I don't know, man. It was it was it was it was lawless. I mean, they were able to soccer kick each other on the ground, and that was like he's like he's doing it. He's going for it. Bison will kick him. Look at the skill here. <laughs> but you'd see some of the guys come from those like pride fights and then into the UFC, yeah. and they'd like decline, and you're like, why? It's like oh, because they're doing Olympic testing on steroids, so yeah. they can't get away. <laughs> Just a little cocagna. <laughs> Still test for that. No. Still testing for that. Cocagna. Yeah. Cocagna. I love that. It's, Ameri- it's American for gym. cocaine. <laughs> cocagna. No, like John Jones. But um, oh, dude. Yeah. yeah, he's a bad. That's a bad example. Oh, a great example of yeah being bad. Yeah. I guess while we're on our sports chat here at Keen the Lake, <laughs> the Keen Lake Whiskey Podcast, um, we could talk about our new sponsor. I would love to. Um, <laughs> so this is our unofficial sponsor. But oh, what? We're not well, paid? I mean, you know, they, this, they sent us merch. They well, sent us it merch. Be and it was free. When you're the shirt, okay? you know? It was free. Uh, yeah. But basically, for anyone 
that listens to this podcast often, you will know that we are big football. I'm sorry, we are big soccer fans. Soccer. We're big soccer fans, and um, oftentimes we will go back and forwards, depending on who's on the show, but. If it's Matt Brown and myself, it's usually about Liverpool. Um, every other episode, Jake will have a minor breakdown with regards to his his Everton boys, the Merseyside lads. Mm. Um, but we have been sent some gifts from my uncle, who's the managing director at Oxford United, who's a League One team um, back home in the United Kingdom. Uh, well, in England specifically. For all of you American people out there, he is the GM, essentially, of a G League <laughs> basketball team. Yes, that yeah, that's a great that's a great analysis actually. Yeah, um, I wasn't so making fun of him. I'm just you know. He's the GM of parallels. a basically he's the GM of a G League soccer team in in the UK, uh, and he sent us a bunch of merch. Um, so thank you very very much, to Oxford United. If anybody is keen, Deluxes? yeah, <laughs> if anybody's keen to have a look at. Uh, the team, or if you want to know anything about it, get in touch with Jake, and we can put you in touch with the powers that be. Um, okay. <laughs> Jake, Jake, has, uh, Jake might be the most avid Oxford United fan ever from the United States. We, I mean, I don't know, but they're like, be up there. They're one step behind my fandom for Leighton Orient. Uh-huh, of course. Yeah. Uh, although we don't have any merch from them. We do not yet. No. Yet, I suppose no, is the keyword. Yet, word, yeah. yet. But, but we, we've got a lot of soccer football affi- uh, affiliations in this podcast, considering it's a whiskey podcast. Everton might as well spend their mo- like spend millions of dollars on this podcast than waste it. It would, yeah. go, it would go the same way as the money is going It might even go further, to be honest <laughs> with them. It might get some more fans that way. They already have a great American fan base. It's a different base. market, you know? Yeah, because right now, the money that they're spending is actually bringing them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Although they, they did just get Nathan Patterson. Yeah, I was going to say, they signed that fucking Scottish bloke who's probably be a piece of shit. Legend. <laughs> Legend. He's, right, he's playing at the U23s. $20 million well spent. I, I did just see that. I saw the, the assist of the cross that he put in the like, other day, and I was like, why have they not got their surnames on the back? And then I was like, oh, it's because this isn't professional football. He's, <laughs> he's the uh, third right fullback, and he's making more money than the two other fullbacks combined. Legend. Yeah. And he's 20 years old. Keep, keep getting Great them business, checks. Man. Great business, man. <laughs> keep getting them checks. Oh, but yeah, I guess enough about our soccer chat. When uh, we are over in Wicker Park, which is one of the finest neighborhoods in all of Chicago. I used to claim this neighborhood as my home until I don't know why I left, to be honest with you. When was that? Six years ago? Seven years ago? 11. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, 11 years Time ago. Time flies when you're drinking whiskey. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of Jameson those days, you know. <sighs> Way too much, some would say. You just wanted to get closer to cheesies. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was, I lived right by the Green Eye. And oh, but, on Milwaukee there? Yeah, I lived right down the street from there. So I traveled a lot for work. And so I'd take the blue line home. The green eyes right underneath it. And so is Bucktown Liquor. So I'd either stop at one of the two with my suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off the train. And it was a long night either way in my, uh, in my loft or at the green eye. I mean, the B- Bucktown Liquor there, that's not a bad spot. It's okay. I mean, that, I mean, like the best thing they had back in the day was Sam Adams. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> cramped. It's cramped in there too. It's very tight. Very it's tight. very tight in there. Green, green eye's not much better. <laughs> I took a... I took a a trolley full of, you know, your Lincoln Park use back about eight years ago to Green Eye. We needed to stop in in Bucktown, Wicker Park area. And I'm like, oh, let's go to Green Eye. And I go in there with like two of my friends right off the trolley. And we, you know, that no one else really came in at first. And they're like, are you with that trolley? I'm like, 
no. <laughs> he's like, good. And then like, a bunch of my friends walked in behind us and they kicked him out. <laughs> Love that. So we just stayed in, had a quick pint, the three or four of us. And then the rest of them were not allowed in, which I would have done the exact same thing if I was a bartender on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Cunts. That's a hard, that's a hard shift, man. That's just, that's just oh, such dude, a hard shift. I, I think shift. that it's one of the, I mean, you did the New Year's Eve shift this year. It was easy. Super easy. I think that I any, made it hard on you. Yeah, any big, <laughs> yeah, it made it real hard on me. Any big, any big, uh, any big holiday mm-hmm. uh, is bad, but I think St. Paddy's takes the cake. I assume so. Like if it's you, wild. man, if you have, if you have to work in a fucking Irish bar on mm-hmm. St. Paddy's, I mean, my 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 my, my, li- my tiniest little bit of sympathies because you know those those boys and girls are going home with the real money. I hope so. Know? I hope so. I you hope know? people are tipping. Well. We went to we went last year and it was a great time. We call it Chief Keefs, but it's um, uh, Chief O'Neill's. Yeah. <laughs> and so Marty Duffy is drinking watering hole. No. It's great. That's his, that's his spot. It's great. Yeah. It's beautiful inside of you. Have you ever been? It's a beautiful bar. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. bar. And we're there and. The owner's son. I'm just. I'm very. I'm very inebriated, and no. I I just had to profess how much I really appreciate them being there for us. <laughs> and I have like a hundred dollar bill in my back pocket, and like we are closed our tab, and I was like, just just take this, just take this. You, you deserve this, like you know. And I woke up in the morning, I was like, damn, you were you were pretty drunk. Like you already tipped your twenty five percent on your tab, and you're like. Dude, I really would appreciate. Be happy, yeah, more than yeah, happy with. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, take this. You guys deserve it. You know. Standard, standard, uh, standard industry person right there. Always oh spreading the wealth, baby. Man, been there, done that. I remember one St. Patrick's Day. It was some stupid, shitty River North bar, like just using their bathroom pretty much and buying a lot of shots. And like, I got this one. And you're like, that's two hundred dollars for those ten Jameson shots. You're like. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. It's St. Patty's Day. There's an upcharge on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's do it anyway. The the green beer is expensive too. I don't think I've ever had green beer. I haven't either. Yeah. The weirdest thing was being at St. Patty's Day at um, the Duke of Perth, which is a Scotch bar in a Scottish bar when it comes in restaurant. But everyone went there. We went there because like, oh, we'll avoid the St. Patty's Day crowd by going to Duke of Perth and hanging out. And it's a Friday too, so. We go there, and it's a little busy when we first get there. We're with one of our friends who's not industry, rum and Coke, vodka soda kind of gal. Nothing wrong with that. And so she's ordering rum and Cokes, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the bartenders there have never made a rum and Coke in the last two years. But they're kind of getting annoyed with her. And then all of a sudden, like, the St. Paddy's Day crowd comes in, people thinking it's an Irish bar just oh, because yeah. it's... The sounds, lines are blurred between yeah. Ireland and Scotland, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. I mean, they're basically they the same They both place. have land in the name, so... They're both uh, they're both British. Whoa, 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 whoa. Careful now. I know, I know, I know, Careful I know. Now. I'm just joking. Defining, I'm, de- I'm defining the great line between Northern Ireland. I'll get shot Scotland. on the way home. Well, you're Irish, right? Um, Descent. <laughs> just, 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 just make it more confusing. To be honest, we we looked at this recently. Oh. Um, I was under the impression that I was a lot more Irish than I actually am. Oh. Um, my dad's family. Um, just did a kind of family tree mm. and it's Ireland's way way back there on like one little tiny part of the family tree oh. interestingly enough though yes to bring it all full circle back to whiskey please um, I am related to the Ballantines family from, oh you mentioned this yeah from like blended like the blended scotch Ballantines those Ballantines that were born in Edinburgh back in the like early 1800s uh, and that was when Ballantine's whiskey started I think it was 1827 Ballantine's whiskey started um, so 
pretty pretty cool. I'll need to investigate that because it would be super cool to see if if maybe I'm heir to a massive fortune. And then you could sponsor Keeler Club with Valentine's. Or I could sponsor Keeler Lake silent and investor. Keeler Club. Silent Let's investor. Go. Yeah, I want to be a silent investor of Keeler Club. Yeah. That's my new goal in life. Yeah, yeah. How do I do that? You know, you just you just don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we t- we touched on Keeler Club. Yeah, we so talked a little in, bit about yeah, it. Back in October when which is actually one of the most fun podcasts I think we've ever done. It was a great pod. Amazing Speaking, pod. Speaking of one of the guests on that show, Matt Brown just texted me, literally saying, hey, buddy, you still have that podcast? <laughs> Funny oh, you wow. should mention it, I, Matt. I'm guessing he wants to come on again, but he's still under suspension if you didn't know. Um, but yeah, no, we touched on it when Gio made his first appearance on the Key in the Lake Whiskey podcast, along with a few other ruffians of Chicagoland. And... You since then have done one preliminary uh, trial yeah. pop up, and then what Ca- Callum was alluding to at the very beginning of this conversation was we're sitting over in Geo's house in Wicker Park at an undisclosed location. We won't give his address out just yet. Geo doesn't It'll even be wrong. know that. It'll be wrong anyways. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be at the third baseline. Just, just for some context on that one, ladies and gentlemen, Geo gave us both the wrong address the other night, and when Jake put it into sat nav, it was in the middle of a field, a baseball field. <laughs> Getting back full circle into the conversation with Barry Bonds. There we go. But um, we came over and we didn't help out at all. We just tasted food. But during an R and D little session uh, for Keeler Club, which will be then popping up into a physical space in February. Yeah. That was cool, man. I I love having people over, period, to, like, just chill while I'm cooking. That's, like, one, like, I don't know, just it's great. And then Alex is there, you know, Eddie Cruz, who's also going to be the GM of of Keeler Club, is there. And it was just – it's just a good time. It's just a good time cooking for people. So what's the uh, the initial idea, the backbone of everything that comes to doing what, – what is Keeler Club, essentially? So Keeler Club is just – it's Alex and I, Alex being the other chef. It's just – both of us cooking what we love to give to our families, to our friends, but just at a little bit more of an elevated restaurant level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is Lebanese, so we're definitely going to like cherish that side of like what grandma taught him. And his grandma's like a classically trained French chef yeah, too, yeah. and so is his father. You know, so like when I did meet him in culinary school, I was like, you know. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but, you know, I was like, eat my mom's cooking and uh, there's no training in that. So, yeah, we're just like celebrating some of the Lebanese side of things. And then, you know, I'm Irish and Italian. So um, some of the traditions as far as like drinking, I want like a dark beer on the menu at all times to kind mm. of be, you know, reminiscent of a Guinness. And then also using the Italian side in my cooking. So just kind of tweaking what we both like. And, you know, maybe sometimes he looks at a dish that I'm creating and puts his touch on it so that we could bridge the gap between courses so it's not very much so much Geo and then Alex, Geo and then Alex. You're like, oh, I could tell that, like, so it looked like it's more like Keeler Club than just two One schmuck. or the other. Yeah, two two guys just really just doing their own thing, you know, so a little more cohesiveness. But, yeah, definitely, definitely we're, you know, I feel like our idea of what Keeler Club is changes by the week and by the... So I think in October... We talked a little bit about that kind of Midwest cuisine, but yeah. with these spins on it. And mm-hmm. I, that was the feeling that I got even the other night, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and just from, you know, my perspective, I talked a little bit about it at the start of the pod, but, you know, 
it was really, really cool to be on that side of the process. Mm -hmm. I'd never really, obviously I wasn't, I never did anything with kind of chefs or uh, any kind of real cuisine when, with regards to hospitality. All of my exposure has been in the drink side of things. So it was really cool to see that all coming together. And obviously you and Alex just completely know what you're doing. Um, but it was just great to sit there and be a part of the process for three, three, four, four hours it got to, you yeah, know, by yeah. the end, by the time we'd finished eating, it was like four hours in total. So yeah, absolutely loved it. And I think, um, you know, people moving forward into February will be on the lookout for it or ev even more so after that. Right. Cause the yeah. food was a delight, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. And I'm, I'm excited cause we finally, well, a, like I, I've had some of the best times of just having all my friends sitting around myself and maybe another person cooking i feel like you have some of the best conversations so mm -hmm. like that type of environment is like really kind of like the the precipice of what i want killer club to feel like inviting fun outgoing really intimate intimate as well um i want people to actually feel like and it's kind of cliche i want them to feel like they're in my house um so that that's that's something that we're going to try to how do we bring this vibe to um the restaurant that we're going to be at, which we found um, a really cool friend of mine, uh, Roy. He owns the Swill Inn, which mm -hmm. is in the West Loop, right down the street from Richards. And we're going to be using the basement space, which is a speakeasy. And chit -chat. that's where we're chit what was Chit Chat Lounge. Yeah. Really cool inside. It has like wood paneling. It looks very retro. And when we were down there, I was kind of like, damn, this does remind me of chilling in like Mm -hmm. a friend's basement or like the basement I grew up in. And I was like, this kind of works for like the Keeler club vibe. So we're going to be, we're going to be doing the damn thing. You know, we got our LLC finally coming through this week. Oh, nice. We got seven rooms all hooked up, trying to get that started by the end of maybe the week or two. It takes about two weeks to set it up. And then our reservation system will be up in about two weeks. Our website we're currently working on now. So hopefully by the end of this week, We'll have a full working website, upload more pictures, and, you know, the public will be able to, like, really, really, really put their hands on what Keeler Club is, you know? The physicality of it being there. And, you know, like, Alex and I walked out after we booked the spot for the residency, and we looked at each other like, wow, we're really <laughs> going to really do this. Yeah. Did you book it just for that one event so far? No, we're going to be doing it at... We're gonna be doing it there for the foreseeable future, nice. and we'll we'll do some not at the swill or chit chat rather events, but I think that's gonna more be of our pop up feel. Yeah, this is gonna be more of our home base, and when people are like, "Oh, Keeler Club," oh that that's that place that isn't that speakeasy, rather than like, were were they the people that like that kind of go to one million places? So we've we kind of co made it more cohesive, put it in one spot for now until we get our own, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, we're renting from mom and dad before we buy our own house, you know, like trying to get on our own feet. So you quite literally are living in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unapologetically, you know, so it's, it's, so it's, it's wild. It's wild. You know, it, I feel like opening a restaurant or trying to do that is like writing your, your thesis for your, like your doctorate, you know, it's like, these are all the things that I've learned in the last 16 years. And this is how the I'm going to, yeah, ball. this is how I'm going to present it mm. to you. And, you know, mm. that's a great analogy, actually. Surgeons go to school for 16 years, too. So, you know, <laughs> chefs, bartenders, surgeons, they all pretty much the same they thing. Have a lot <laughs> less, surgeons have a lot less fun, though, I feel, than you might have had, Gio. 
man. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, they have more fun now, that's for sure. Oh, I, be- I believe that. Um, once they have that money, and then their own practice, and yeah. people will go work for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, for you and uh, Ash, I don't want to say Patrick. He reminds me of a Patrick that I know. That's why I was like, I want to say Patrick all the time. But it's Alex instead. <laughs> When did you guys meet, and like, how did your relationship form? He was going to be here, unfortunately. He had to get into a shift early, but uh, tell us a little bit about the background between you two. So the, both of us met in culinary school and met on an elevator, and him and I are just two very energetic human beings, and he kind of just, you know, he's right behind me, and he kind of, like, poked me in the back, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? And this guy's like, point, yeah, like, like, oh, you know. No, no, yeah, like, like, he just kind of like, bro, because I like, I was dressed like a crazy emo kid back then. He's just kind of like, what's your name? Like, you look very interesting. We kind of met. And you guys have a very interesting yeah, dynamic, you, I when, feel. Afterwards, you like, Calum went to me and goes, I can see why they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's crazy. And so we met in orientation. And after orientation, we like, we, you know, we start going to our classes and everything. And we start to realize that. Uh, we have like every class together too, you yeah. know. And then we were station partners in our first block of culinary school. Hey, that was chaos, dude. It, you know, Alex already had like line cook experience. I'm 18 years old, you know. Like I don't even have work ethic, you know. Like, <laughs> and and I'm just sitting there. I don't know how to hold a knife. And I thought, you know, cooking was throwing soy sauce and top ramen. You know, yep, that's it. That's it. I know it. And hold on, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you've been insulted by that, that is cooking. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want, <laughs> it's a form of cooking. You know, you had to bring you had to bring boil water to a boil. Yeah, right. and uh, I remember you gotta start were, somewhere. Yeah. There was a there is there is the one story that really sticks out to me is we were we were sitting there making canopies, and I have toast in the salamander, and the salamander, for anybody who doesn't know, is just like a broiler, and it's very hot, and it's an open flame, and bread is you know it could be dry and the longer you let it dry out in front of a a, a flamethrower it gets lit on fire <laughs> and i pull out this little sheet tray and i don't know how to put out the fire so i start hitting it with a towel like batting it with a towel and alex and the chef in this classroom are both standing there with their arms crossed looking like fathers who are very disappointed in their child and alex I, I guess he asks he asks him he goes should I should I go and help him or tell him and chef goes he's got to figure this out by himself <laughs> like I throw the bread in the, like the sink and turn on the fire or turn out turn out the fire and yeah so but since then Alex and I have worked in um, professional kitchens together um, we worked at Sable together we worked at Promontory together huh. so yeah we've we've been in tight quarters we were roommates at one point and and working together so. That's very important if you're going to get into this type of relationship mm-hmm. of being owners together. You have to be able to, like, withstand each other's personalities. Well, that was something that I was going to say. You know, now seeing the two of you work together, because obviously we heard a little bit about Alex back in October. Mm-hmm. But now seeing the two of you guys work together, you know, wh- how does that look when maybe sometimes the conversation breaks down or maybe you guys disagree? How does that dynamic go? Like, are you bu- are you guys both very similar and that you, like quite hard-headed or is it like a conversation compromise kind of thing we're definitely have the ability to compromise uh i am like very non-confrontational so that very much helps alex is definitely more the focused and 
he's the more focused out of the two of us when it comes to our craft. You know, he's really pushed it himself to different levels, whether he's worked in kitchens that are very much more intense than I would have chose to do. Mm -hmm. And his knowledge is really there. So whenever I create a dish and I'm creating it with him, I'll ask him like almost like a big brother. Right. And if he's like, you know, you got to tweak this or this is wrong or maybe try it like this. I, I really do not take that to heart. You know, that that's, that's fine. Like, that's cool. I'd rather someone tell me that something's wrong than pretend like something's cool to maybe make my ego not feel like it's chipped. Yeah, and you guys probably started on more or less along those lines with your relationship anyway. He had, he had that background of his mom and his dad, like, who were both professional chefs, you know, and he grew up around that. Whereas, like you'd said, you know, you're, you were ramen and so on. Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah, so that was me. So well, you've probably always been kind of looking at him and being like, hey, like, what do you think? And it's I always ask him for questions because he's just a well of knowledge. And the thing is, like, he was my boss in, one, in like, two kitchens that I've worked at. Right. He was, he was like, he was one of the chefs I was working underneath. So when it comes to, like, hey, that's, that, that is not, that's not how we do it, Gio. Like, that, that, that's shit. I know you could do better. That's, that's yeah. fine. I know that. You know, so we have an interesting relationship. Like, it, I feel like we're very much like brothers where, you know, we have the ability to... A, I don't like this. Okay, I get it. Why? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, for the first pop-up, it's called Keeler Club. That's the street I grew up on. And people were like, well, what about for Alex? I'm like, this is just, like, the name for this pop-up. And then once we have, like, a brick and mortar, it'll change. But he wasn't like, oh, well, like, I don't – he's like, I don't care. Let's just start cooking food. That's what I want to do. Yeah, so it's passionate about it. Yeah, and you, you just there's a symbiotic relationship, and we just break up the work and do and you know like i'll focus a little bit more on the drink side and he'll focus a little more on the culinary side because the ideas that he comes up with on like both sides of things of cocktail wise i've been doing that eight years right now mm -hmm. and he's just kind of getting back into the cocktail side of things not saying he doesn't know how to make a drink but he's probably <laughs> going to ask me a question about the cocktail first and i'm going to ask him a question about food first mm. and so the marriage is nice and you know it's it is a it's it's it, and that's what it is when you open a business it's a marriage because that 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 business is a baby mm -hmm. and it has its own it has its own EIN which is like a social security number it has its own bank account which is going to help it succeed in the world and if you don't help this baby grow up together and nurture it correctly it's not it's it's not going to work so it's a marriage and you know I can't wait to see what's going to happen the pop up part's going to be the fun part. But man, once we have all those employees that you know you're feeding, that's when it's that's when it becomes stressful because that's like all your that's like all your that's all your kids, you know. The, yeah. That's their families that are eating too. It's a responsibility thing. Yeah. So I can't wait. I can't wait. I it, between him, I, my girlfriend being a part of it as well, Eddie Cruz, we have a really, really nice team ahead of us because you know Christina being able to do all the accounting side of things being more of like the HR mm. and then also kind of does the events because she does events already is nice. And then you have Eddie Cruz, who is basically the, the genius behind hospitality to be able to and everything. Yeah. Yep, teach, teach all of our servers how to be humble, how to be nice, how to, how to be a little more outgoing and, you know, really sell the food as if it's you or cooking it. Me and Alex in the kitchen, creating the food, creating the cocktails. I think, everyone's just going to have a nice hand in it and everyone's going to take responsibility for the success of that. It really seems like you guys are all using your strengths 
to fill in other people's weaknesses. Not saying it's a weakness, so like a giant weakness, is that you might have more expertise in one area where somebody doesn't, but you're using all four individuals to kind of uh, build a foundation. And that's the only way you could move forward, really. It's like is... a complementary circle and right. everybody kind of filling in the gaps. Cool. Yeah. I mean, if you, you just got to really just be honest with yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I... I know what I'm what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. Yeah, it's, you could tell it like the other night when you guys were working in the kitchen, the way Alex kind of just took over certain things, and you sit back and almost like more freestyle it, where he's kind of I don't want to say I don't want to say militant, but just has he has a focused plan and is going there. He might not communicate it, but you know what he's doing. Like we don't see it communicating, but you guys can talk like through body language. He he's taking the lead almost, right? And it's like. Oh, yeah. He's he's the quarterback in that position, like in that mm. situation, and he's kind of calling the plays, and you you're the running back, right? Like that's you're it. the one that's going long or whatever. If you need to, running backs don't traditionally go long. But oh god, god. <laughs> I'm just gonna stick to basketball because then I'll be able to show off my amazing knowledge. Um, you said that about being honest. Um, so, like getting down to the brass tacks of it. Okay, what is your like? What's your your dream for this? And then on the flip side of that, biggest fear. Hmm. Okay, um, I I'm guess just like I guess we'll yeah I guess I guess we'll start with uh, my my biggest fear is that we just we we make millions. We, no, my big <laughs> my biggest fear is my biggest fear is just getting into a point where I'll never have free time ever again for like mm-hmm. the next fifteen to twenty years. That's my biggest fear because, you know, I want to start a family. I want to have kids. So it's like my biggest fear is free time because that's like, you know, so that's that's my biggest fear is is I know how much how it's taxing time wise, you know, like cooking and running a restaurant. It's not a fast business to make money. It's it's a very long haul. So it's losing all the time. So hopefully I'll be able to balance that in the future, have the right team where I could step back and go to those, you know, go to those little league games or right whatever it is across the street. Yeah. Yep. 48, um, <laughs> 39, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, they haven't been put in yet and watching them succeed alongside us. That's my biggest. Has that happened to you with other people, with mentors, putting you in positions to succeed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. I mean, through Alex, through an old chef, Chris. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I think I've definitely had those type of people. Danny Alonzo is definitely one of those people that I've worked for as well as a restaurant tour that I've seen him take members of, of a team and they may have been, uh, a busser or a bar back and like now they're running programs mm-hmm. you know and i think that's super important it's cool um so love those answers but the thing that i love most about that is that i could totally tell the other night that there's not a single cell in your body or in alex's body that doesn't believe that this is going to work that this isn't going to work like you're the biggest fear. So from, from an outsider looking in and maybe someone, anyone listening to this podcast in the Chicago area, you know, if I say, what's your biggest dream? You're, you know, making millions was the joke. Right. But like people are probably like, Oh, make loads of money. But the biggest fear would be like, Oh, like it fails, lose all the money. But 
like watching you guys go the other night and watching you guys talk about it, there was no, or that's the way I felt. Mm -hmm. It felt like there was no, there was just no possibility for failure. Like you guys were, you guys were so convinced and so sure of this idea, um, which I love. You know, they say in the startup world and, and a lot of times in, in, in uh, you know, in booze as well, in whiskey and, and what, or whatever it is that you're making, people say, the best plan is to not have a plan B. Just have a plan A and then mm -hmm. worry about a plan B way, way down the road if you ever need one because the goal is that the plan A works, right? Yeah. And that's what I loved about your answer was that like the the worst case scenario for you is like, oh, I won't have any time because this thing's going to gonna kick ass. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't do anything in life that I don't think that I could accomplish. And I don't think I've really, have done anything in my life that I haven't been able to like finish the, like finish that accomplishment. Not saying, but you know, like it's not saying like I, I it's tangible to me. I'm not gonna be like, I'm going to go to Mount Everest and scale that. That's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not going to happen. But I, if I'm going to make a goal for myself, I'm going to try to complete that. And, and especially with something, and I, I don't feel like I'm the most confident guy in the world, but when it comes to cooking and creating drinks and being a bartender, those are things that I know that I'm actually good at because I've been doing it for 16 years. If I'm not good by now, what the fuck have I been doing? <laughs> well, this is the other thing. When you practice something so much, it's it's second nature. And you also have the confidence that you have practiced it that much. And that yeah. gives you that belief. And one of the things that I love about America, um, and I know sometimes we, we talk shit about America, sometimes we talk about shit, shit, shit about Scotland, you whatever. You can leave anytime you want. But... <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Aaron Clark. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I love about, especially people in Chicago, is that everybody I speak to that has these business ideas, they have so much self-belief, man. Mm. Like, it's the opposite in Scotland. You know, they say a well-balanced <laughs> Scotsman is a Scotsman with chip on both shoulders, you know? Oh, damn. Uh, and, like, and that's because we're always trying to bring each other down. Yeah. But it's like the other night, Sunday night, we're all together doing R&D, and, like, I felt like everybody that was there whether it was Eddie, Christina, Jake and I, Jim, like you and Alex, we were all just like convinced that this was going to work. Like there was never a moment where I felt any negativity, any panic, any worry, nothing. And you know, it, it comes through in your answer there. So man, I'm, I'm excited. And it's a dangerous thing that Americans have in self-belief and passion because it can lead, it can be blinded by naivety. Um, I was at about a year ago, was at another bartender's house with two bartenders, guys in the industry for 10, 12 years. Had both ran great bar programs, still do. But they had this idea for this cocktail to go kind of kit to sell through liquor stores. And I went to their house with another friend. We sat there. They were doing R&D that night, making cocktails. You know, I was like, if this thing takes off, like our whiskey would love to help out. So here's some samples. Let's play around with it. But you could tell it was just a whimsical. You could tell it was nothing was actually going to be fulfilled through this. There was It was not going to be tangible, as you said, um, when it comes to completing your goals and having those tasks. And when I was sitting in your kitchen the other night, just steps away from where we're sitting right now, uh, there was never that feeling at all. It was like, wow, this thing is in motion. We're going, there's somewhere, there's a goal to be set. You have a date set, you have a place booked and you have an idea and a focus to go along with it and the people to help you out to make sure that comes true and comes to fruition. Even if it's just two guys that believe in your concept, believe in your idea and they're going to get your first dinner. Even if that nothing happens after that, you still did one thing. You still like touch people with your food and like in your passion and your ideas. 
Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the outcome of Keeler Club because you guys actually know what you're doing, like you said, with 16 years of experience, with Alex's experience and the people that are based around you. And that's where like, I felt so comfortable and so great about that night after he left and I woke up next morning still, still full, still very, full. very full. Yeah. Uh, like, still oh, sleepy. Still a little <laughs> sleepy. Um, mistakenly went out running on the lakeshore. Oosh. That was nearly when you got frostbite again. My ding-a-ling. Uh, yeah, but no, it, it, I, I woke up with a smile on my face um, about the night before and Calvin texted me right when I got home. He's like, what a night. And I was like, and I just responded delicious. And it wasn't just about food. It was yeah. about the passion, the creativity, the friendship that was being formed with people from all different walks of life. I mean, we don't have to get into that with like, you know, people's backgrounds and everything like that. But we sat down, we were here for four plus hours and there was not a second of silence. Yeah. Not until we started eating. <laughs> yeah, that, that, which is always a good, that, always yeah, a good sign. Always a good sign. Because I was like, guys, like this is the most quiet we've been in the last four and a half. That's right. Hours. That's right. <laughs> well, that, Eddie, Eddie looked at me when we went outside for a smoke, and he goes, "Man, he goes, what a group of gentlemen." He's like, you know, it it seems like everyone's known each other mm. and very much knew, no, like, I was probably the only common denominator between everybody. I yeah. was the bridge, yep. but. I didn't even like I didn't, it wasn't like I had to sit there and babysit a conversation. I was sitting there cooking and all the boys just huddled around each other like they all went to school or something together. And it's uh, and like I say, you know, I think it all comes down to that that one fact that there's just that common belief. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on the boat that like you say it wasn't whimsical. Everyone was focused like this is already something that's rolling. It was almost like this isn't R&D. This is, guys, this is like a, a, t- a test run, right? Like yeah. this is us actually having a look at this food properly. Um, and obviously there'll be some changes and a checklist, of course. True, true. Um, the chicharron needs the checklist. Uh, but man, yeah, it was it was a great Yeah, it's great almost like a, a fa- like a friends and family opening or something like that. Yeah. It felt like that. I mean, like that, that's the one thing we're just like, how do we, how do we do this? Do we do the lamb dish? Do we do like the lamb baharat? Or do we do the duck shawarma? Mm-hmm. And it's like, when we do do that, how do we bridge the gap from first course to shawarma? You know, and that's and that's that's our biggest question right now. Like we're in good spot. Hmm. Like that's that's creating food. I don't think for Alex and I is by any means the hard part at all. You yeah. know, it's the small little tangible shit. It's, hmm. it's just you know. So when you guys do the first pop up, will it just be you three running it? No, it'll be more. It'll be a full. It'll be a full staff. Because yeah. you're hoping around sixty people. We're doing like yeah, we want to do sixty to seventy. We'll see. Because the first one we already have, a tw- we have a buyout on our first one. We have a, <laughs> we have like. <laughs> so I guess we cannot come. No, 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 no. We have a, we have a, a time slot buyout. Oh, okay. by no means would I have my first one be a full buyout like that. Like <laughs> already like neglecting the public, you know. Um, no, but we have like a, a nine o'clock till like midnight buyout uh, wow. for a birthday party. Oh, cool. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's 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 pretty nice. Yeah, that's nice to have. Like it's already like guaranteed to happen. So how do you envision the night going? So well, we okay. So we'll definitely get back. Yeah, I was like, I was like, what was the question? Um, <laughs> we're definitely gonna have, you know, we'll have our dishwasher. We'll have a bus boys. We'll have three to four servers. We'll have oh, a bartender, wow. uh, food runner, and will you and then use the Swillin staff or bring in your own people? We'll be bringing in our own people. Minus uh, their GM will be there with us as well, um, and. Yeah, so we'll we'll fully staff it. In the back, we'll have Christina being running the door, um, for for seating people and everything. 
because we're definitely going to need a full staff. And then Alex and I will both be in the kitchen cooking. And then Eddie will be running on the floor. And yeah, that's that's pretty much so the it's standard. It's not like out. a pop up bit. I'm trying to get the, out to people. Is there's a kind of like a uh, like a swell of pop ups in like the West Coast Seattle became really popular at people's houses about seven six years ago. I can't really exactly remember the time frame, but it was literally twelve people sitting at a house being making these dinners for chefs. I have some friends actually in San Diego that do it right now too. It's not that like you're no. running essentially a I'm, restaurant at a restaurant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that was that was the whole idea is that I don't want people to think that I'm playing restaurant. I don't want people to think that Alex and I are just doing this just to show off or to invite people over so we could have beers and drinks. I want people to come over and realize that Alex and I will start a company that will be sensational, something that will be looked at as a standard in the industry to be somebody who's pushing the envelope forward. So when we did our pop-up, I was like, we have to take this serious. We have to take it serious so our guests could come and not have to act serious. You know what I mean? Like we have to set it up so that, you know, no one's going to ever think about having water on their table. All those mm-hmm. things are be gone. Mm-hmm. So now they're just having a good time. When you think about the little, the little touches of service, and if they're not there, then you're not having a good time. If you're worrying about where your next drink's gonna come, yep. or if the food's gonna be hot, you're not. You're thinking about those things now. You're not thinking about, you know what I mean? Because no one's gonna be talking. They're gonna have their course. They're gonna have their food, and it's gonna be great. But then they're gonna talk about the promotion they got. They're gonna talk about the problem they might be having and they might find a solution to that because they're not talking about what we're doing incorrect. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the, that's the beauty of a restaurant is that once you get into your meal, you're not talking about the meal anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. talking about life because yeah. you don't have to worry about talking about the meal because the meal is, 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 is there, yeah, it's, you know, it's, at the end you sucks. might do. Yeah. It sucks when you like owning your conversations about where's our waiter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, yeah. How many times have we done that? You and I, we've done that. I feel like that's a, every second or third restaurant right. we're in. We're and like, where, I was just oh, having lunch uh, before I came here over at Daisy's and you know, it's a, they have a pretty slow lunch service. Not a lot of people go, whatever, but even at the end of our um, lunch, the server brought over two fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies. He's like, Hey guys, I thought you maybe enjoy this on a cold day. Like yeah, I would. that little touch. Yeah. It's so, it's so important. And I never thought about like, Hey, where's my water coming from? I didn't even ask for another coffee. She's like brought another coffee over. And like that, that's that key touch there right there is about when you go out, you should forget about the worries of not, not the worries of your life, but there should be nothing worried about in the atmosphere that you're in that, that structure that's being built around you. It should be about, Hey, that person's in front of me. Let's turn our phones off. Let's turn off life that's around us and focus on one another. I will always, I've talked about this place before, but there's a bar in San Jose called Haberdasher. And I remember there was, you know, I'm sure that there was bad, um, I'm sure there was bad hospitality experiences for people in that bar, you know, as there always will be. There are always going to be problems. But my long lasting memory of that bar wasn't the fact that they made an absolute dynamite whiskey sour. But one day I drank my water, which was maybe the only time I ever drank water in that bar. And I remember putting my my cup down and I didn't think I was holding on to it. And I was like having a conversation. When I looked back, it was full. Oh, I love that. Love that, yeah. And I, and I remember that of all of the impressions that I had in that bar, none of it was about the people that I was with or this or the staff or any of the big things. None of it was about the price or like, you know, any big event that I went to. And I, did, I went to many there. It was all about the fact that obviously someone was that like 
focused like keyed in on me mm-hmm. that I put my glass down for maybe 10 seconds and when I looked back at it it was full of water and I was like man that's such a simple simple like little simple. thing one thing I was going to ask you Gio what is your timeline here because obviously you said you know for the foreseeable future but is there like you know in your mind are you thinking okay we really want to have a spot within x amount of time yeah so we we've set um a hard date in our head and we're gonna blast it out once this website and our reservation systems open because it'd be unfair to like blast it out and be like okay so how do we get a spot and we're like well, we didn't do that yet. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, make, we'll make sure to repost everything for you guys too. Um, so yeah, well, thank you very much. Uh, the, so like, we're just waiting for our our LLC to go through so that we could finally hook up our reservation service. But in our head, it's the 21st of February and the 28th. So we're gonna be doing, and then it's gonna just it's gonna roll. It's gonna be every Monday, just every Monday. Oh, we're, every not once a month. No, I think we're gonna do, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it every Monday. Oh, okay. Because originally you talked about doing it once a month. Yeah, no, we we decided that that that's weak. Killer clubs up in the frequency, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're, we're like, <laughs> no, we're just gonna do it. That's you know? fantastic. Yeah, we're, then that's that's where like the no time. That's 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 between you know working at Etta and at Killer Club. I'll be working seven days a week, and then we're gonna. So that in foreseeable future, that will all be happening at the chit chat. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know we're gonna do we're gonna do some brunches too. Uh, some boozy brunches. <laughs> I don't know, uh, uh, boozy bunch brunches. Uh, no, they won't be bougie. We'll, and we'd probably do that on the first floor uh, at the swill, just because basement will be cooler. And then you know, there's no there's no windows. And I feel like brunch, you kind of want to have like, yeah. a little bit of the daylight. I was gonna say <laughs> when you're talking about like the basement feel to uh, the chit chat. The first time I walked in there, and I, it doesn't look like what I'm about to describe, but the feeling of it, <laughs> it does. It reminds me of the basement on that '70s show. Because, uh, okay. because, because yeah. you can see the top of Keeler, or not Keeler Club, but you can see this top of Swill in through that window or whatever it is from the basement of the chit chat, yeah. and it kind of reminds me of, like the staircase where you could talk off the staircase and they have the conversation below yes. and like the main room. Is I've right never there. been, but that's very vivid. But then, like, but then think about it as like very chic looking. <laughs> right, nice. <laughs> not chic, but just very, I, guess, I don't know if chic's the right word, I guess, but like modern, just cozy. Um, it's definitely t- cozy. Yeah. And yeah. what? So, what date is the first one? Uh, 21st February. Right, Monday. nice, man. So, yeah. don't do anything for Valentine's Day. Tell your tell your girl, tell your husband, whoever it is that you love in life, that I got you next week, baby. Yeah. It'd be even more tell special. Tell the dog. <laughs> yeah. And y'all got to try those chocolates, right? Yes, the bonbons. No. No? Oh, oh man. The, the bonbons that Alex made? Oh, yeah. I didn't try those. On the way out the door, he was like, um, oh, hey, man, I just oh, I want to hey, give man. you one of these. Uh, here they are here. But I just want to give you one of these. I um, had a, a delightful conversation with my Uber driver that night. Oh, you smell them. Oh, wow. I'm gonna look like igloos. Oh wow! Yeah, he makes these. He makes all by hand. Oh my god. Mmm. Yeah. So so they're they're currently holding uh, bonbon made by Alex, and it's it's manjari chocolate. My belly. It kind of looks it like now. a twenty side dice almost, and then it's, it has like a marbling of different colors, and the inside is uh, legent whiskey and pecan is the filling. Yeah. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be our like to go we're gonna that's gonna be like when people are done and they've closed their checks out they're gonna get a little box with however many people at the table like we'll get, like here's one for you well, here's one for you and then like on their way out they'll open it up and they'll realize it's a chocolate and you could like eat it tonight or you could like wake up tomorrow and you're like oh, i'm gonna remember keeler club one more time right. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense why he was a pastry chef at a two-star michelin restaurant Dude, now he's 
few snaps, bro. Like, uh, whenever he starts doing day, stuff. The other day, watching him just make the I duck. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Just watching the duck. That was like, you know, there's like, there's these things that you can watch online now. It's like on Reddit, it's like oddly satisfying and things like that. And then there's also this EDMSR or ASMR oh, audio, yeah. okay. like for audio. Oh, yeah. But that's what I felt like watching him make the duck. When he was searing the breast just off. Searing, oh, God. I was just like, man, this is really, really sexy. Really yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm a straight dude. I'll but, like, there. in that moment, I'll I was take just all like. The fat off your body and sear your breasts. <laughs> Jake's having a moment over here. Jake's having a real moment. How does that make you feel? But, man. That's and all the nons that were puffing up. Oh, the nans, like the just nons, that whole process, like the penis. whole, are you Fully okay over there? <laughs> what? My man done lost his mind. <laughs> just doing what you said, man. No, no, I'm, I just, I'm not an ASMR guy, but. You're right. Um, but watching it was sexy. And I think that's one of those things where, you know, like I said at the start, you could, there are people like, people like me that just have no talent for that kind of thing. I could practice my whole life and never get to the yeah. sort of the flow that you guys are in that yeah. night. Just of, and it's like you said, it's almost like he's just so focused, like laser mm-hmm. focused mm-hmm. on what he's doing, and he can be a part of the conversation. Yeah. But every time he's still, no matter what he's talking about, he's he was still like getting the dough, putting it on the thing, going back, turning, and just oh my that's God. a really great and point. Because I first walked in, I didn't want to like bother him, and then like ten minutes in, like oh, he can do this. Be yeah. super focused on what he's doing, but also be a part of the conversation. Oh, how genius was it too when he took the nons and he was parchment papering them with oh. uh, with a tortilla press, so oh. they came out like perfectly like discus. I was like, you're. It's oh. just it's just simple things like that. I would have done it the very hard way, yeah, you yeah. know, and it would have looked like absolute <laughs> shit. Because that's that's one thing where like Alex and I super defer is that like he needs it to look one hundred percent perfect, you right, know, right. and I'd be like. That, it's that it's it's what i wanted to it's, do and he's like no dude it's not even a full circle i'm like it tastes good he's like oh god damn it you know <laughs> let me fix what you just broke uh so when people go will there be a fixed menu yeah it's gonna be a fixed menu um we're working out the hashings on obviously like we'll work around like dietary restrictions and whatnot uh i just think like the hardest one that we're probably unfortunately gonna have to say no to in the beginning beginning is like if you're 100 percent like vet, uh, vegan mm-hmm. or whatnot just because it's just that duck yeah because we're only running way. one menu for the for per week so it's it's hard to bring in all that extra product right. to run a whole different menu i guess yeah so i think for right now a safe thing would be like for the first like month or two it'll okay. just be it'll be what it is but i mean if you have allergies that's easy to work around you know yeah. pulling out and pulling out nuts out of a certain dish because usually those types of things we've kind of thought about or if at least i have is that you know if you're gonna put a nuts on something that's a finishing thing yeah. you know it doesn't have to be right. braised into it or because you could just easily just take that out cool so um Will reservations be in groups of two? Yeah, so reservations, we're just going to be doing it up to six is going to be the max. Okay. Uh, and Jake's then, trying to swindle himself some tickets here. That's I, I, and so am I. Yeah. Just so that we're all on this screen. <laughs> uh, and then there there also is a PDR up there too. So there's a, there's a PDR and we're going to lay it out and we're going to see what I think the PDR might be able to fit like. 10 okay. or 12 people something like that. i'm just trying to keep our an open mind for all of our guests if they want to come in and tend um yeah. you don't have to answer this either is there kind of a price area you're focusing on for yeah person? so we're, we're thinking that the prefix menu would be like 90 dollars okay um and that'd probably be 
when we say uh, so we, we the course thing is different alex and i've been talking about it we want to do six courses but it's not technically six courses it's gonna be like three pushes of food if that makes any sense mm-hmm. like the first the first push might, yeah a few rounds of foods because he was talking about how with his family and definitely with like a lot of like lebanese or like greek or just like mediterranean food you just kind of always have a table full of dishes to yeah. kind of just pick at and i love that too because like i don't a i'm really bad at eating leftovers because i hate having the same flavor over and over again and i guess that's kind of like why i like going to korean barbecue too is like there's so many bon- like yeah, banchans yeah, yeah. Like, that like that i could eat so we just want to kind of give that that kind of similar experience of your table just always looking like bountiful okay. and full of food and that's kind of how we're going to do it so and then the the alcohol which we will have alcohol because there's a liquor license there what uh it would be like three cocktails on the menu um not a full me- like menu of wine but we'll we're going to choose four to five different wines mm. we're going to try to do nat- natural wines potentially all american and then wow. all local beers and yeah so it'll be a full full regular cocktail bar and that'll be a la carte oh, and, cool. and the cool thing is like majority of people when they have the reservations you know You've already paid online, so that part of it will have already been processed, and then you just pay your whatever your total is after you've drank and were merry. So you won't? Will you do uh, cocktail or spirits um, pairings with the food? Yeah, people wanted to wanted a suggested Session. pairing. Yeah, 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 we'll definitely do that. Cool, that's a great idea. No, I think uh, everybody who's out in Chicago, I think it, my challenge is people who do not live in Chicago is to fly in and have dinner at Keeler Club, and then let us know, baby. Yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah. Callum will pick that. up your bill. Yeah, Wilson will pick up your bill actually. Yep, Wilson. R.I.P. Um, he's still alive. I I remember Wilson. He's very alive. Um, he actually just texted me about two hours ago. I forgot to respond. Thank you for that. <laughs> I I am so excited for this. I think it's yeah. like it's such a great story. Um, and it's really cool for me to be on this side of it, like to see a lot of this side, you know, obviously, like I say, I've seen opening of restaurants and bars and things like that, but this is like, this is something totally different. And I think, and I know that it's going to be a massive hit, especially like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad that you guys are doing it more than once a month as well, because it would feel like a waste not to. Yeah. I feel like you, I feel like you just, you gotta, you gotta build a routine and uh, us creating us, executing the menu that we're going to be doing every single week will just make us realize if we hate it or we love it and then we'll tweak it and it'll only get better and it'll only get fa- it'll it'll get better faster because we'll have more practice in nailing this menu down and it's just you know maybe it's small tweaks and large tweaks and then when the change in the season comes oh my god I love farmers markets so yeah. it's just going to yeah so and how many people did you say? So you're talking you, Christina, Eddie, Alex. That's the sort of the core. Four. That's yeah. That's 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 the core. GM at Swill five, and then three servers. Three servers, yeah. Probably yep. around three servers, and Are you then looking um, for a job. Dishwasher. Dishwasher. You'd be great at that. And then a food runner, and a busboy. Nice. So we're talking about Full ten service, people, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Nice. <sighs> Unbelievable. And where can people find out right now? You go on Keeler Club. Uh, on our Instagrams, just K E E L E R Club. Uh, there's one post on there. There's gonna be a whole mess of them coming in the next week, and we'll have once our reservations are up, our website will be lo- logged on there too. 
and then you'll be able to go through uh, seven rooms and reserve yourself a spot. Our contacts will be up there too, so if you want to reach out to uh, our staff, you know, they could definitely do that. Keeler Cub come to your home, cook for you, maybe? We would definitely do that. Oh, I mean, hey. If the price is right, I mean, <laughs> money talks, you know? <laughs> oh, here we go. Money talks, you know, if you have a wedding, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I mean, what we've talked about so much over the last couple of years on this podcast is that it's been really inspirational to see people take their passions, take a take an interest and really go make it into a career or make it in you know, take it from a hobby to something more fulfilling in that sense and go with it hundred percent and full hearted into whatever project that might be. So we've had so many conversations with people that have taken uh, passions, interests, whatever it may be. Um, and a lot of it obviously is based around the cocktail world, the food world and the whiskey world, but now that's helping them pay the bills and potentially one day it could be their whole career path. So I applaud you and both Alex on that. Um, and best of luck with everything. Yeah, Obviously, we'll be thank here to you. support it. Uh, maybe we could do a live podcast from there one time at the Keeler Club. Yeah, let me know. Not the first one. We'll let that one ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let that one ride. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just want to eat the food again. I know. I mean, oh, it's so <laughs> good. So good. But no, man, like Jake said, you know, just best of luck. It's inspirational. We love you. Right. Hopefully, you get the best case scenario in that. You get to mentor some people and you get to make a lot of money. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. That would be goal. awesome. Well, follow Keeler Club, everybody. Um, don't follow Callum O'Donnell. I don't know if he actually has social media anymore anyway, so it's okay. Uh, support Oxford United. Support Keeler Club. Support, support all of your local bars and restaurants out there. It's kind of going. Local football teams. Local football teams. <laughs> Not the Chicago Fire, though. No, he's Callum's giving the choke sign. Um, double fingers in the air. <laughs> Oh, not really. But yeah, go out there, support your bars and restaurants. Kind of going through a tough time right now during this cold season and COVID still being around. But, you know, be nice to people. Be good. Give us a little rating on whatever podcast platform you listen to out there if you want to. You don't have to. I probably wouldn't, actually. So don't worry about that. And uh, if you have a chance, why don't you DM 312Made and say, hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Gio, thanks for hosting us again twice in one week. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Bye, guys. Love you. All. Do you guys hear this? Can you hear me? Can you hear me right now? <laughs> Sometimes those buttons they raise. There's like a small, small, small yeah, little yeah, pecker into a large SMSR. Do you like chocolate? Ooh, that's, that's the rattle of the pot buns. The puff puff. Sometimes it goes puff puff in your mouth. What are you even saying? I can't hear you. Good night. Good night. <laughs>